you haven't met me before, I'm Dan Bidwell, the Senior Minister at the Church here at Robbo. It's lovely to have you with us. Uh, let me start with a story. A few years ago, uh, a man approached me after church to talk. Uh, he was one of our church leaders. Uh, he was in my Bible study. He played in the band. Uh, he was somebody who came up the front of church and read and prayed. Uh, his wife was one of our Bible study leaders. And this was a solid Christian family. But this is what he wanted to talk to me about. Their teenage son had been invited into a development squad for one of the professional football teams, uh, the kind of team where by 17 or 18, he might even have a professional contract and be playing his professional games. Um, but you can probably guess when practice was. Sunday morning from 8 till 11. And, um, and it was a conundrum for this guy because if his son joined the squad, then he had a real chance of getting drafted into a professional league. Um, but it also meant that he or his wife would miss church every week while their kids uh, were in practice. Um, they'd miss out on time with the church family and encouraging their fellow Bible study members on a Sunday. Um, what would happen if the next kid, they had another very sporty kid, what would happen if the second kid was also offered the same kind of opportunity? And it was a difficult choice for them to make and it would be costly whichever direction they chose. Uh, I wonder what you would have done if you were faced with the same choice well our bible passage today is all about uh choosing to keep meeting together it's important uh topic for us in an age where church attendance has declined um significantly in recent decades uh, and it's an important topic because god wants us to experience the joy of being in church with one another christian faith lived out in community a church is a wonderful gift and i want us to make sure that we finish today knowing what a gift it is to be part of a church um, so why don't we pray for god's help uh, to see the beauty of meeting together as we open the scriptures this morning. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we long to hear you speak into our lives. Help us to understand the goodness of being the church, the goodness of meeting together, and the goodness of faith lived out in community. Help us to hear you speak and to be changed. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, well, today's our fourth and final Sunday in our January Kickstarter series. I know it's the middle of February, but um, we started in January. Um, our 21-day challenge to draw near to God um, as we begin the new year. Um, I was really encouraged this week um, as uh, one of our members uh, told me that they wanted to order the Tim Keller devotional book, the one in the Psalms that I uh, put up on the screen. And so I don't know if that's happened, but I hope it's a, a really good thing. Somebody else told me they'd started the Nicky Gumbel Bible in a Year program, and a few other people have told me what uh, Bible reading patterns you're doing. I'm, I'm really encouraged that you're doing that. Um, and so I'm praying as a church that we uh, each take up the challenge to draw near to God this year. Um, in each of the, the sermons for the last three weeks, we've been challenged by the writer of the Hebrews uh, to draw near to God in different ways. First, it was to draw near to God through remembering Jesus and the way through the curtain that his body gives us. Second, it was to hold unswervingly in the faith and not let our direction veer away from Jesus. The, the third week, we were spurred on to love and good deeds and, and how we can encourage one another in love and good deeds. And this week, the challenge is not to give up meeting together. Um, so I'm going to read our passage one more time and uh, let's let God speak to us again as we hear this key passage we've had for the last few weeks. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest 
over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we professed, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. So the writer to the Hebrews, his fourth encouragement to us as a church is to not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Um, Before we think about why we shouldn't give up meeting, I want to address a question that I hear quite often, which is, um, why does the church need to meet together at all? Um, Why can't I just follow Jesus in in my own way on my own? And I think the answer is built into our Hebrews passage here. We started to think about it last week as we noticed that repeated phrase, let us, let us encourage one another, let us draw near. It's a together passage, isn't it? Um, Our passage reminds us that as Christians, we are one another people. Uh, This whole passage is about a a corporate response to what Jesus has done, a, a collective response, a together response, because our salvation is not just an individual thing, we're made for one another. Um, so think about some of the metaphors of the church in the New Testament. Um, we are saved into the chosen people of God. God has chosen people. His, holy, uh, his, uh, his treasured possession is um, holy kingdom. Uh, we're made citizens of God's kingdom. Uh, we're adopted into a new family as sons and daughters. And we're like parts of a body all joined together with Christ as the head. Uh, we're like branches on a vine. Where Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. We're all connected, aren't we? We're like stones that make up a temple in one Peter. See, the church is always pictured as the gathered people of God, brought together from all the corners of the earth and joined together to worship the living God. Um, and looking ahead to eternity, that's the pictures of God's, sorry, that's the picture of God's people in the new heavens and the new earth. It's a multitude from every tribe and nation and tongue gathered around the throne of Jesus and singing praises. Uh, in one voice, by the way, I love that first song this morning, you sang so beautifully and well, you sang both of them really well, but man, my, my heart was lifted as I could hear everybody's voices singing together, it's a foretaste of heaven, uh, we meet together because that's who we are, we're God's gathered people here on earth, in anticipation of being God's gathered people for all eternity, um, so church is not just a group of people who gather on a Sunday, it's just a foretaste of heaven. Does it feel like that to you? Um, because it doesn't always feel like that, I know. Um, our experience of church is, is uh, you know, often far less than the ideal portrayed in the New Testament. And I wonder if that's why some Christians would uh, rather not join a church or why many have left churches in recent years. Um, so I've got some statistics for you here. This is uh, from the uh, Australian Bureau of Statistics uh, Census Data. Uh, The blue line is the number of people who call themselves Christians in Australia from 1971 through to 2021. Uh, In 2021, it was the first time that uh, the number of people who called themselves Christians in Australia dipped below 50%. So in 2016, there were 52% of Aussies still called themselves Christians. uh, And in 2021, we were down to 43%, almost 9% difference in just a few years. Uh, the blue line is Christians. The orange line, by the way, that's uh, people who tick the I have no religion box. The question was first asked in 1971 
and uh, you can see that that has ri arisen as the number of Christians has dropped. Um, now, of course, identifying yourself as a Christian is not the same as being a, a practicing Christian, um, I think we all might notice. So according to the, uh, uh, the National Church Life Survey, uh, oh yeah, that's what it was, um, this is the new part here. Um, so according to National Church Life Survey, um, actually only 15% uh, of Australians um, who said they were Christians were frequent church attenders. Uh, and by frequent, the statistic is actually attending church at least once a month. And attending church once a month doesn't feel very frequent to me, I don't know about you. Um, uh, and something, I think that our frequency says something about how seriously we take our faith. Um, and so in the US, I wanna show you a, a parallel statistic. Um, the red line there is people who call themselves practicing Christians from the year 2000 to the year 2020. You can see the number of practicing Christians dropped from 40-something, 50% down to about 25%. So dropped by half in 20 years. Um, they were practicing Christians. Uh, by contrast, the blue line is uh, non-practicing Christians. You can see people who called themselves Christians uh, was on the rise, but not practicing. So people went from being a practicing Christian to a non-practicing Christian. In other words, they gave up on church. They gave up on attending. Um, the other sad statistic is the yellow one. The number of non-Christians also grew in that period. And apparently half of the people who used to be practicing Christians, uh, half of them became non-practicing. At least they still call themselves Christian in name. The other half gave up on faith altogether. No longer a Christian. Sad statistic, isn't it? Um, it's a sad statistic, but I think the numbers tell a story. Uh, the less we attend church, the more likely we are to grow cold in our faith. And uh, so I read about a pastor who was concerned for one of his church members. Um, the man had been absent from church for a few weeks. Pastor decided to pay him a visit. And uh, when the pastor arrived at the man's home, he found him all alone. He was sitting in front of the fireplace. Sounds like a robo scene, doesn't it? Um, a uh, pastor pulled up a chair and sat next to him, but after the initial greeting, he didn't say anything more. And the two sat in silence for a few minutes while the pastor stared at the flames in the fireplace. Uh, and then the pastor took the tongs and he carefully picked up one of the burning embers from the flames and he pulled it outside of the fire and put it onto the brick hearth. And uh, they sat back silent and the host watched in quiet reflection as the ember flickered and faded and before long, it was cold and dead. And the pastor glanced at his watch and said, it's time for me to go. But before he left, he picked up the ember, or he picked up the, cold, the dead coal, put it back in the fire, and soon it was glowing again with the light and warmth of the burning coals around it. As the pastor stood up to leave, the congregation member stood and he shook his hand and he said, thank you, pastor, for the sermon. I'll see you at church on Sunday. Brothers and sisters, let us not give up meeting as some are in the habit of doing. Uh, I first gave this sermon a few years ago during COVID. Uh, we were living in America. Uh, it was the start of 2021. Our church in America had been closed for almost a year at that point, uh, from March 2020. It was now January 2021, so 10 months of being closed. Social distancing rules meant that ch churches weren't allowed to open at all. So unlike here, we'd been closed for almost a year. Uh, and also, our building was under reconstruction, so we weren't we didn't even have a place to go, even if we had been allowed um, to meet. But it was an interesting time for us to reflect on what we love about church and what we missed when we weren't allowed to meet together. You see, a church isn't a weekly chore. 
It's not a religious duty you have to perform. Uh, we don't earn brownie points with God by coming to church. That's not what church is. Uh, we meet because it's a privilege to be part of God's chosen people, His sons and daughters and His treasured possession. We meet because that's what God is doing in this time and age. As we said before, God is growing His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. He's gathering His people from the four corners and making them into His people. As God's people... We actually represent God to the world. We're the ones who God's placed here to speak words of life and truth and salvation and the gospel into a lost world. That's what He's doing with us. That's what God's doing with us. And this meeting of God's people, it's a foretaste of uh, what we'll be doing in heaven where every, uh, where every tribe and tongue, this multitude gathers around the throne of the Lamb and, and gathered around King Jesus and praising Him forever and thanking Him. That's what we'll be doing forever. Is that what you see we're doing when we come to church on a Sunday morning? Is that what you see us doing? Because sometimes we feel like church is, you know, like a community choir. Well, that's not what we are. And this is not a TED talk followed by morning tea. Um, this is not a group of like-minded religious people who get together to, to perform rituals. No, this is God's church. When He gathers us like this, He's present by His Holy Spirit. He's teaching us. He's speaking to us through His Word. He's teaching us how to be born again and how to live properly in the world, how we're made to live in the way He created us. He, he takes us and He transforms us. He recreates us. He makes us more like Jesus. And I wonder, are you letting Him do that on a Sunday morning? Are you letting Him do it during the week? Because it's not just a work that He does in you privately. He does this as we relate to one another together in the church. This is something that God is doing with one another. Um, as we encourage one another, as we disciple one another, as we correct one another, as we bear with one another as we learn to forgive like Jesus has forgiven us. That's how God is remaking us in the image of His Son. You can't do that on your own. You need to be in relationship to do that. It's not a private thing. This is something that God is doing in us and through us as we interact with one another. And you know what? It doesn't come naturally. We, we all need encouragement. And the Apostle Paul spent most of his latter years writing letters to encourage churches. Some of the people in those churches he'd never even met, but he, he loved them and he wanted to see them grow in their faith. And so he encourages them to keep meeting and to keep working on their faith and to love one another in practical and godly ways. Paul was the original encourager of the church. Um, and in fact, encouraging, I think, is one of the Apostle's favorite words. In the NIV Bible, we see the original Greek word for encouraging translated as urging and appealing and exhorting and imploring and pleading and insisting upon. There's something very active about encouragement. Um, encouragement is a spiritual gift, the apostle says in Romans 12. Uh, but in Hebrews 10.25, it tells us that we're all called to encourage one another, to keep on meeting and to keep on doing all sorts of things that will draw us near to God. And you know what? I was thinking about the apostle. When he wrote a letter, he would have to put it on a ship and send it or have to go and, I don't know, donkeys or horses. I don't know how mail worked back then. But it would have been really difficult. But it's so easy for us to encourage other people, isn't it? Um, you know, we can pick up the phone. We can get in the car. We can, uh, with a push of a button, we can share the scriptures. We can share a, a sermon video. We can share a reading plan or a devotional plan. We can uh, order, order books online. With technology, most of us have in our pocket a smartphone. You can, you can do all of those things. You can have a video call with people. Um, I was so encouraged to have a video call with Michael and Rani, our CMS missionary partners in Belgium. Um, I've never met them in 
person, but we've had two face-to-face meetings. Over Zoom is super encouraging for me. I'm pretty sure it was pretty encouraging for them too. Uh, We're more connected than any generation in history. So how are we using that connection to encourage one another? I want to share just a little bit more of this book. I know know I've uh, spoken about it before. A Good Old Age by Derek Prime, an A to Z of loving and following the Lord Jesus uh, in later years. Um, Derek Prime is um, an older man, a former pastor, and the book is all about encouraging people to keep, um, keep pursuing Jesus and keep following him even as we get old. Um, and he's a gifted encourager. Uh, and part of the wonder of the book is actually had to rethink how he encourages as his age brings physical limitations to him. I'm going to share some of them in a minute. Um, but I think you can adapt this principle to whatever life stage you're in. So you might be a young parent with kids at home and you feel like you're just, just pounded at every corner and there's no time. Or you might be like somebody who's stuck in the middle with your mortgage and the daily grind of work. How do you keep pursuing Jesus in the middle of that? You might be somebody in your early retirement years with tons of time and energy. What are you going to do with your time? Well, let's listen to what Derek Prime says. Um, This chapter is, this is from his chapter, E is for encouragement. So not all of us are at home with contemporary technology, but most of us can write letters or make phone calls. Why not reserve one evening a week for people you know who'll be encouraged by a phone call and a prayer together? I know some of you can't come to Bible study at night time because it's just not, you, you don't drive at night time or whatever, but it doesn't stop you picking up the phone and, and making a phone call and encouraging somebody with the scriptures and praying. Isn't that wonderful? What about this one? If the thought comes to you of somebody who may be lonely or discouraged, who might appreciate a phone call or a letter or an invitation to come and have a tea or a coffee, do it. Um, isn't that temptation to go, oh, people come to me and say, Pastor, do you know about this person? And I think, did you call it? Like, you can call them as well. I'll call them, but you should call them as well. Uh, And rather than putting it off, when you think about the person, make the call. Uh, Write the letter, do the phone call, whatever is your thing. Uh, Or he says, invite them to come and have a tea or a coffee. Sometimes that's difficult. He says this. At other times, we may need to adapt our methods. As I get older, he says, I'm not physically able to visit people. Yet many of them are physically able to visit me if I invite them. The key there? You need to invite people. If you, if you can't get out, invite them to come and see you. Um, I can't easily cook them a meal, but I can put a kettle on. Isn't that wonderful too? You know, we often think, I, I couldn't have people over unless I can provide a full meal or, you know, a full cake or something like that. But you could just put the kettle on and have a cup of tea together, an Arnott's biscuit. That would be a wonderful way to have a conversation. Um, this is the last one that I like here. He says, everyone, great or small, needs encouragement at times in life. But sadly, some are never or seldom given to it, are given it. Uh, even the strongest Christians we know need timely encouragement. Do you know even ministers need a c- encouragement? We do. We love to be encouraged. Uh, we love to encourage you too. Uh, and that's why we need to keep meeting up with other Christians. We need encouragement. Uh, we need to keep reminding one another of the gospel. We need to keep praying for one another. We keep, need to keep spurring one another on. And, and we need to keep picking each other up and, and carrying one another along so that nobody's left behind. Because the day is coming, the writer to the Hebrews says to us. Remember, he says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds and not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. 
Because, brothers and sisters, the day is approaching, isn't it? The day is coming when Jesus returns or when Jesus calls you home, when he calls me home. Either way, we need to encourage one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Because we don't want to put off faith until later. You know, I don't want to put God on the back burner because we've got more important things to do in life. Don't put God on the back burner because you're in a busy season. Don't put God on the back burner. We don't want to postpone thinking about God until it's a bit more convenient. Because the day is approaching, brothers and sisters, and no one knows when that day is coming. Jesus warns us to be ready for that day. He says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, only the Father. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. So you also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. It's one of my jobs as your pastor to encourage you, to urge you, to appeal to you, to insist and implore you to take heed of this word. It's not meant to frighten you, uh, but to cause you to consider carefully where you stand with God, where you stand with Jesus and where you put your life's hope. Because as Christians, we can have absolute certainty that what will happen on the last day uh, when Jesus returns or calls us home. That, that's what our Hebrews passage has been telling us, hasn't it? Uh, that we can approach God with cl- complete confidence on that day because Jesus has made a way for us into, the, into God's presence through the curtain. Uh, if you choose him in this lifetime, if you're washed in his blood, it's as simple as that. You know that you can approach him and you will be safe. And I'm here to encourage you in that truth. And we're here to encourage one another in that truth. So let's not miss the opportunity Let's keep on meeting together in all kinds of ways. Well, um, brings us to the end of our Draw Near series. Brings us to the end of our 21-day uh, challenge, our Kickstarter series. Hope you have been encouraged over the 21 days to uh, be spurred on in your faith, to draw near to God, maybe to make new plans this year. Um, pray that it might have been something at the start of something new for you and a new zeal to draw near to God Uh, through Jesus. Um, As the series comes to a close though, I don't want to let the moment pass by without without asking you, what is the next step for you? Uh, What is the next step for you to keep drawing near this year? What what do you need to do? Um, Maybe it is joining that Bible study small group. Maybe it's getting to your small group Bible study more regularly. Maybe it's coming to church more regularly. Maybe it's signing your kids into one of our midweek programs so they can keep getting encouraged and fed. Maybe it's committing to a Bible reading program uh, on your own uh, or with a friend. You you could call somebody up and say, why don't we read the book of James together? Let's read Romans. I don't know, something like that. Maybe it's putting your hand up to volunteer uh, for one of our teams here at church, Um, you know, as a Bible teacher, like I just did before. Maybe as a kid's helper, somebody who offers pastoral care, somebody who prays for our missionaries, somebody who prays... uh, praise for our church, somebody who uh, joins our executive team as a member of parish council, the AGM's coming up in about a month, uh, consider standing as one of our leaders on that. There's all sorts of ways to uh, serve, just as there's all sorts of ways to draw near, but the key is to do something about it. Um, We need to keep encouraging one another and finding ways to be encouraged as we do that in relationship with one another, and this will strengthen our church family. So, uh, it's a little bit of an American finish for you here, but I think what I really want you to do is, is take a step of faith and sign up for something and then turn up and see what God does in your life this year. So sign up and then turn up. 
and see what God does in your life. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we, we know that your son stepped out of heaven, stepped down onto earth. He came into our mess in order to bring us home. Help us to recognize what an amazing step it was that he took when he did that. Um, help us to be committed to him. Help us to uh, not sort of take that lightly. Help us not to uh, take church lightly, but to uh, love the fact that you are here with us, growing us, changing us, spurring us on to love and good deeds. Uh, may we encourage one another even more and more as we see the day of your son's return approach. And Heavenly Father, help us to be that, uh, that Christian community that points the world to Jesus here in the Highlands or wherever it is that we come from. Um, Lord, keep us encouraged until Jesus returns. We pray in his precious name. Amen.